Okay. Oh, I hear it, kitty. Yeah. <laughs> that goes against my like, you can never hear. When I was about to say, am I just going to be talking about stuff no one can hear? No, you can hear it. <laughs> that was Link. He's yelling about something. I don't know what he's yelling. Unlike lawn mowing, which you can never hear because it's outside. No. All right. I'm going to go. Y'all ready? Yep. Yep. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the sometimes twice-weekly show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. It's a Monday episode, and we're here to recap last week's TBTL. I'm Hillary Hillive H-Bomb Livingston Butler, coming to you from the middle-aged mama studios in the Legend Oaks neighborhood of Austin, Texas. Um, Mike's going to be real pissed because today we have an all-lady recap. Uh, so joining me from Woo-hoo! the Stick of Butter Studio, Woo! the boys. Uh, joining me from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with the Plan Lenholm. Hi, Anne. Hello, Hillary. How's it going? This early Pretty morning. Good. I have good. four cups of peaches and three cups of blackberries draining downstairs, ready to make a blackberry peach cobbler bar thing. Um, oh, man. It's going to be a good day. I'm getting on the plane like right after <laughs> this, and I'm going to come on out there. Oh, that sounds so I made uh, glazed candied pecans last night, so I'm ready to go. Oh, my God. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, rounding out our witch's coven from the Hodgesboro <laughs> Studios in, <laughs> in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith the MBH Van Harn. Hi, Meredith. Hey, Hillary. Now, I'm not baking anything today, but... It's like suddenly cold in Michigan, <laughs> and it's chill. it's wonderful. And I was at my mom's house yesterday, and she just started watching the Great British Bake Off. So she made Portuguese egg tarts for me. Oh, oh, they are so good. They were super good. She was like, I cannot believe how long they took. The dough was insane to make. It's like a phyllo dough where you have to stretch it and put butter and then stretch it and put butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was totally worth it from my perspective. Oh, man, that sounds so good. Yeah, it's it's a... You know, frigid 91 degrees right now. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sweater. (laughs) I'm so chilly. It's under 100 degrees, except that it's extremely humid because it's been raining. So, you know, delightful time. And I will say in March, check back with me because I'm going to be excited because it'll be nice. But right now it's horseshit in Austin, Texas. Uh, (laughs) Okay, as usual, we're going to do a little LRB biz of the Week in Review, housekeeping, and of course, how to get involved. And with that, Anne, you know business. Take it. Um, In business this week, there is no business. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking beforehand. We were like, anybody? 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 Nothing. Done? Anything that needs to be shared? I mean, I went to the beach yesterday. That's, I guess that's that's not business at all. Nobody cares. But I did go to the beach. I drove to Grand Rapids and, and hung out with my sister, and we went to PJ Hoffmaster State Park and stuck our toes in the water. It was too cold to go swimming. And then we got attacked by black flies, and we left. Ooh. So that was a Sounds magical. <laughs> beach adventure. <laughs> I was just telling my therapist that 
when people, uh, cashiers always say, so you got any fun plans for the weekend? I'm always like, my fun plans are to do absolutely nothing. Yes, I want yes. no social engagements. I don't want to have to go anywhere. I don't want to have to put on clothes. Maybe I'll go to the grocery store and like get some takeout from the hot deli bar. But I don't want to do anything or go anywhere. Oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> Not like you, Hillary. Oh, God, I know. I like unfortunately have a full dance card like this weekend but you know it's okay with kids you gotta just like keep the party going i went to a trampoline park yesterday which was uh, you know how is that i just drove by one of those and i was like that looks like so much fun um it is actually kind of fun but go early because there were um we went for a birthday party so it wasn't like uh, we didn't have to wait in line, but the line was out the door because it was slightly wow. raining. So people are trying to fi- figure out things to do with their kids. So um, it was so packed. So in the mornings, it's not bad because it, there's just not as many people there. But when there's big kids there, like 12-year-old boys, it's frightening because they're just mm. going full speed all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it, I don't like bouncy houses because you don't get a good enough bounce off of anything. And I think they're sort of annoying. But trampolines are fun. Like it's, It is fun. It just gets too crowded. So it just makes me think of all those little teeny weeny bodies crammed oh. in there. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's got to be dangerous. <laughs> no, no. I Do mean, you have I to sign hold- a waiver. Oh, yeah. Every time you have to sign a waiver. I mean, you were sign- I can't imagine what the insurance requirements are on a place like that. But yeah, you sign a waiver every single time. And did it, when, when y'all were little, I feel like every year there was somebody that broke their arm on a trampoline. Like, oh, of they course. fell off the trampoline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always. They're dangerous. Those springs are, are deadly. And yeah. I mean, you're launching yourself up in the air. You're already three <laughs> feet off the ground. <laughs> like, it's just these about, are, you know. These are sort of like in the ground. No, not in the ground, but they're not raised necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're like pretty much level with everything. But which is why I think it's sort of fun because you're just like bouncing level with everything. But it is. Yeah, it's a little bit frightening. And again, when you have a full size kid like coming at you, you're like, Ugh. My mom has one in her yard for for my nephew, and it's the kind it's the kind that has like the cage around it, you know, the mesh mm-hmm. thing to keep you from falling off. Although that does not keep your foot from falling through the between the springs, you know, <laughs> oh, no. or from your nephew like trying to launch you and then landing on you and cracking your skulls together or whatever. But my my takeaway, I guess, from the last time I was on the trampoline with him is it's hard work. It, it is. It really is. It was I'm exhausting. Like exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, that was a core workout I wasn't expecting. <laughs> One time I took Rory and Bridget there with a friend and Bridget was bouncing off, but Rory was just a little bit too little to really want to do it on his own. And so I had to hold him. And I was like, this is the Whoa. best workout I've ever done. And he probably weighed 25 pounds the time and I'm like holding him and jumping can you please try to do this yourself and he's like no mommy hold me uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah that was that was my day yesterday and today I'm supposed to go to a winery but TBD because it's like pouring rain right now so you know well the wineries we'll have see. buildings right they yeah, do it does I think to get drunk ideally we're supposed to be like frolicking around and the kids are there and, you know that's the the dream ah, but uh mm-hmm. but yeah we'll go inside I guess um I and then what else I Mike's in Seattle that's about the only other business we have yeah that's true they had the big get together last night uh I assume that when he gets back he'll update us on how that all went, but I've seen lots of pictures floating around Facebook, and looks like they had a nice time. 
Yeah, it looks like a really, I'm really jealous. It looks like a, a mm-hmm. good time. And it's at the same place that we had the LRB get together before the 10th, right? Optimism? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. I am jealous, but whatever. Fine. That's okay. We'll make our own fun here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're working on our voodoo doll of Mike. Right. right. Wait, is that politically incorrect to talk about voodoo dolls now? Probably. Probably. Wait, when you're witches, you call them poppets. <laughs> we'll we got our <laughs> double, double toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into this whole witch thing. I think this is great. I, I Listen, Christy, get into it. We can have yeah. a fourth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's look uh, at throw your phones real quick. We got some great throw your phones this week. And there's one that I put in general that we got from David after Wednesday, but it applies to the rest of the week too. And David says, what was with the surprise commercial break near the end of Wednesday's episode? I thought maybe my feed went off. I had not listened to the episode yet, so I was on the lookout for it and it's a promo for the uh, hilarious world of depression it was on thursday uh wednesday thursday and friday mm-hmm. so yeah. i guess this is a new thing god knows the shows are long enough to have a second break yeah <laughs> just more places to shoehorn ads in <laughs> i guess we should be happy that uh that they're getting ads or i guess these are just apm cross promotional stuff they used to yeah. do that a lot you know yeah. when what was the etiquette show that was on oh, for a yeah. while the post one the uh, oh yeah yep entitled yeah. Etiquette. Yep. no um, yeah 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 that's what it was and then there were a couple of other like john moe properties with iron mike eagle and other things that used to show up on tbtl but they haven't done that for a long time so maybe they're getting back into that and that's a good thing i feel like i think i went and i looked at the apm podcast page and i think that tbtl is the only one that remains from the group that was there when they joined APM. So oh. all the rest of those, the Entitled Etiquette is gone. The They had an Adventure Time podcast for a while that was gone. Wits is gone. You, it's, you must remember this was, was originally an APM property. I don't think it's on, I don't know what it's on anymore, but I remember when they first started, I was like, oh, I listened to that. So yeah, I think they've sort of siphoned it off. I mean, it, which is weird because, you know, they have some success. I mean, TBTL is what it is, and I think they've just accepted it. But then they've had some success with um, In the Dark both seasons. I've heard really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, outside of the TBTL circle, I've heard some really good things of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. But they're oh, yeah, they have podcasts. terrible thanks for asking, which is right, which is popular. But it doesn't yeah. seem like they're working really hard to build a stable of products there in no. a way that surprises me. Well, yeah, no, I, I, it is, I don't know, maybe they, and they did talk about this a little bit, you know, that APM, it seems like they do more of a journalistic stuff. Mm-hmm. As, I mean, not TBTL, but, <laughs> <laughs> but. What are you talking about, Hillary? It's meticulously reported. <laughs> Except that Andrew never reads the articles, but. <laughs> well, beyond that. <laughs> but, um, but maybe they, there are other, you know, series that aren't daily dudes talking to each other maybe they're trying to make them a little bit more meticulous than just popping some up there but I don't know I don't know what it is mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything other than in the dark that could be um labeled a hit on that I mean the splendid table that's been uh, around forever yeah 
terrible. Thanks for asking is doing well, but I mean, I don't have a sense of it as really like a national presence. So, yeah, I guess going back to the, the throw your phone, I, I'm always surprised that podcasts put ads at or near the end of the episode. That yeah. just seems like an invitation for people to turn it off. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> like, I don't have to listen to this. I'm not going to. <laughs> for sure. Well, and it's weird because the, the, I mean, they clearly added it in afterwards because you, you know, Luke is so like, Oh, we have to take a break. We have to take a break. Oh, we're past, you know, they're very like forward promoting mm-hmm. about the break. So it seems odd uh-huh. to me that they just like drop that in the middle of, uh, like, I guess at the end of a conversation or something, it's really weird. So I feel like maybe did they not tell them like did, is somebody at APM doing it or I don't know. It just seems odd. Well, yeah, they clearly don't know what ads are going to go in. Like no. they kind of are like, well, maybe this will be an ad from a sponsor. Who knows? Like, yeah. so, you know, somebody's clearly putting those in for them or there's <laughs> software that does it. It's fine. Sure. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge fan of John Moe, but I don't dislike him the way some hosts on this <laughs> podcast have hated on him. So, I John Moe actually to- totally got burned and it made me laugh. And whatever, I have like no... I don't can't take a side on this, but there was something, you know, there's always those, um, those things about like, what's your NPR name? Because it's like, you're whatever. I mean, they're calculus. And then John Moe posted something like NPR names aren't funny because, you know, we like come from a diverse group and that's why NPR has like funny sounding name. And then who was it? It was like Gene Denby, I think, or I can't. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think the guy that's on NPR, he was like, yeah, no. And then he showed some graph of like (laughs) NPR diversity and it was like 95% white people. And he was like, (laughs) 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 and I thought I was like, oh, that's such a burn. Like I was like kind of embarrassed for John Moe because I think he thought he was being so righteous about it. Right. That's why it never uh, pays to get up on your high horse on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to take you down. (laughs) <laughs> all right well with that um chock-a-block full <laughs> section of lrb business <laughs> let's go to the weekend review i'm glad we covered all that really important information <laughs> all right monday 27 19 draft dodging on labor day this is the show that they kept claiming was 30 minutes before it was done uh-huh. and it was an hour <laughs> i want to have that like that sound machine that's like mur, 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 <laughs> well it's funny when you you've seen the time on the episode before you start listening and then they say yep. 800 times how it's going to be half an hour and you're like uh-huh 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 <laughs> they just sound like such idiots yeah They've got tangents that last longer than half an hour, much less full shows. Um, they recorded this on Sunday night so that they could have their Labor Day free. Um, and I was just absolutely horrified that they even considered recording their fantasy football draft process. Oh, <laughs> Sounds like the most boring. I mean, I couldn't care about football, much less fantasy football. And I would have, I don't know what I would have done. Quit podcasts, quit, like, I, you know, throw my phone out the window and never got another one. I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad they didn't do it. I'm glad that that Andrew, I guess, had the the presence of mind to to, to veto that idea. Oh yeah, it's, Luke totally would have done it. Yeah, and but then Luke goes on to describe a a, a a moment of clarity that he had where he realized that he they've got to talk about sports less, and that's mm. a resolution that lasted about one day. <laughs> yeah, that worked out real well. It's like it's hyper local, and people who don't care about Seattle sports don't care. And it's like, well, yeah. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Seriously. 
Oh, boy. Um, Andrew has been volunteering on Sundays, which I think this is the first we've heard of that. Um, he's doing, um, it sounds like some sort of uh, pop-up kitchen for the homeless under a bridge where they serve food. That's really nice of him. And he's uh, not going to do it during football season so he can watch football on Sunday. <laughs> you see, guys, it's all about priorities. Uh, but it's for work, you see. He's got to watch football for right. work. For right. Work. It's like how he... Uh, writes off Netflix on his taxes because right. you know it's for work. Uh huh. Once every six months, you have a tangential conversation about something on Netflix, so you can write it off. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like I'm volunteering at the Ravenna Pop Up Kitchen, so I don't exactly have a charitable leg to stand on. It's okay. I mean, if he wants to watch sports, if that's important to him, then he should do that. Yeah, it's I just I, it just cracked me up his his guilt about it. Like he's he's mm-hmm. trying to do a good thing, but he wants to watch football <laughs> at the same time. They they go on to talk about um I kind of I wasn't paying too close of attention. Something about a movie about a moon landing. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> do you know it's that Ryan Gosling one, right? Yeah. That oh, okay. It's called First Man. Um and there's some big controversy because they don't show him. I mean, Conservative people will find, sorry guys, I'm, whatever. Um, like Here we a, go. A controversy <laughs> about anything. It's meaningless. Like, it's so silly. It's a fucking movie that's actually got, like, uh, like okay reviews. But um, who cares? It, you know it happened. So, like, why does that have to be reflected accurately in a fiction movie that's, like, based on true events, but it doesn't fucking matter? It <sighs> doesn't matter, and it's it's just it's just trying to find something to be mad about i mean my mom showed me a video of a trump rally where a woman was unironically wiping her nose with the american flag she had draped around her shoulder (laughs) Mm -hmm. like if you're gonna get mad about a flag thing get mad about that (laughs) oh gosh cut off your nike logos assholes um hillary you're officially part of the liberal media elite (laughs) i am yes Oh and you're gosh. a witch. Wow, this is a great day. <laughs> um, they talk about a, the Bill Corbett response to a Tucker Carlson tweet about Jeff Bezos. Um, some and, and and Tucker Carlson was not talking about better working conditions for Amazon fulfillment centers. He was just mad because the president hates Washington Post, which Jeff Bezos owns. So Tucker Carlson's going to be mad about anything uh, having to do with Amazon. But so they were talking about being, you know, agreeing with terrible people who are right for the wrong reasons and i've had that sure. experience too like when ted cruz tweets something that makes a little bit of sense it makes me really mad but no. <laughs> i can't help but agree with him you know wait when does that happen <laughs> oh it happened one time once and i still can't forget it i i know i still always say i hated rick perry like I, he was the worst governor <sighs> and now he's yeah. like in charge of our nuclear codes i guess <laughs> great because <laughs> yeah. he didn't even know what it was but um mm-hmm. He's a doofus, but one time during when he was running for president, I don't know, in 2012, maybe, I can't remember, but he said, he said something I agreed with and it like made me mad. He called, yeah, you, like, you uh, feel dirty. He called social security, social security a Ponzi scheme. And I was like, it is a Ponzi scheme. I'm never going <laughs> to see a dollar of it. And I was like <laughs> wanting to cry because I semi agreed with this idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it is, it is sort of. I don't know. You can agree with something slightly, but yeah, Tucker Carlson is not coming from the same like workers' rights. Uh, no, <laughs> position. no, no. He doesn't think that they should make a livable wage. I mean, come on. No. Well, and don't you think that? I mean, the problem I think with 
Luke's argument on this is that he makes a somewhat elitist assumption that people who see the Tucker Carlson tweet can't understand the real motivation behind it. Right. Um, which is something that Luke does every once in a while. Um, like how he doesn't think the average American is going to get the Waterloo re- reference, you know? <laughs> he makes assumptions about the the education level or, I don't know, understanding of the American public that, of, of course, some people, both conservative and liberal, are not going to understand that, but those people are just dummies. I think most people can put two and two together and figure out how that all goes. Or use a Google machine, you know? It's, it's not too tough to figure out something if you don't already know it. You can go learn it. Yeah, he's got what? pretty no. low. I know, I know. That's un-American. Um, speaking of learning, the, the the purported topic of the day is back-to-school stories. Um, and Luke starts off with his kind of educational saga from elementary school. It sounds like a nightmare. And it, again, we need to keep this in mind when we criticize his lack of knowledge on say True. mainstream yeah. science. Um, after I just said that, you know, we're, we're all free to look things up and learn things when we don't know them, but you know, whatever he's got, a, he, he doesn't have a good base for that. I wonder about his critical thinking skills and how they were taught early in his life. Um, because he almost failed third grade which even mm-hmm. he says is really, really hard to do. Um, <laughs> and he was, he just described himself as a problem student and his parents wanted to homeschool him. He really didn't want to be homeschooled for fifth grade because it sounds like he had done it before and it just consisted of him hanging around the house for a year. Ugh, um, mm-hmm. His mom never did any curriculum, which is a little horrifying. I, I mean, we're we're big fans of Susie and Walter on this podcast. I think they're great people, but they did not do right by Luke as far as education is concerned. Yeah. And I, I feel I feel like there are now like, you know, there's some sort of state intervention where you have to prove that you're yeah. teaching your kids the you know, the right stuff for their age level and and that's probably a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can't just keep your kid at home and, and teach him nothing. Teach him how to convince you to get pizza every night. <laughs> which is what his goal was. I think that it it happens I mean she had so many kids and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of time, I mean, and she's young, like she's still pretty young for having a 40, whatever, two year old son. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just think that parents a lot of times I like get better as they get older. Like, I think that my parents definitely, I, I was the youngest, so I was the best one. But um, <laughs> I think that they were probably, they had a lot of kids at the same time, not at the same time, but they had four kids within like six years or seven years yeah. or something. And I think that, that with my older brothers and sisters, it was like they just didn't have time necessarily to really like focus individually on each one. And then by the time they got to the special cupcake baby that they uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> they right. they could be a little bit like calmer and like understand, you know, how to do things. I don't know. Just to- Oh, no, I totally get what you're saying. I wish my mom was my I wish I was five years old now. Like my mom is the best grandma on earth. Yeah. And like she, you know, she had three young kids and was in the middle of a divorce. And like her life was rough when I was yeah. little. Um, and it's absolutely not her fault that she didn't have all the time in the world. But like she's she's so much more like chill and calm and bakes me Portuguese egg parts like it's so great like yes I totally get it you're like can we go back in time please thanks yeah I'm realizing that I am the oldest Meredith is the middle and Hillary is the youngest yes I had a kind of a visceral reaction to that that youngest (laughs) child thing you just I know you're like 
I know. I, you, I as the youngest, you really listen. I got a lot of shit <laughs> that my brothers and sisters didn't get. Sorry. Um, I remember one time hearing my dad talk to my youngest brother on the phone when Matt was in college, and my dad was like, "Well, I looked into your bank account; it's pretty low, so I put four hundred dollars in there." I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. Can you say that again louder? <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally mm. unfair. They do get better. I mean, listen, we are so much, and Rory and Bridget are only three years apart, or not even, and I'm so much calmer with Rory than I am mm-hmm. with Bridget. To this day, still, even though I'm like, Bridget! And with Rory, I'm like, my sweet baby angel, what are you doing? <laughs> and the cycle continues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, Luke tells a pretty horrifying story about his first day of homeschooling fifth grade, and he really didn't want to be homeschooled, so he crawled into bed with Susie, which he says several times. <laughs> and I, something about that gives me the... It's not creepy. Kids get into bed with their parents all the time. It's sweet. But just the way he said it was giving me a little bit of the weirds. Um, and so he sort of was like, what if we just go to school and see if there's room and maybe I... You know, this is just a good example of Luke just, you know... As as Andrew said, there's never it's it's never too late. You know, there's always a chance. You you may as well ask. You might get what you want. And I kind of admire him for that because I'm more yeah. like Andrew, where I'm like, oh well, I guess this is what I am now. You know, <laughs> there's no point yeah. in trying because it's too late. So they go up to the school and they let him in. So he just saunters into the fifth grade a few hours late and manages to not fail, but just sits in the back and reads the Seattle Times. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> weird. You know, the more I hear these stories, the more I understand. A little bit. I mean, it's hard because I was such a good student. You know, I was the student that every teacher wanted to have. I came every day and I sat quietly and I participated when I needed to. And I did the work and I got the grades and I wasn't any trouble. So when Luke tells the stories, I'm like, well, I just don't understand you know, the whole concept of almost failing third grade. But when he talks about this stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a contrast to me too, Anne. I was kind of a good, I was a really good little kid and I was very worried about school. I thought that it was, I thought kindergarten was, you know, make or break. Um, (laughs) I was, I was worried about college when I was in preschool, you know, and I I thought, I believed that there was like a permanent record and that I had to be, you know, I thought that if I, if I didn't do well in school, I was destined to a life of crime. And I had these visions of me behind prison bars wearing black and white stripes (laughs) And, you know, I'm just a little kid and, and, and nobody said this to me. Nobody was pushing this to me. I just thought that, you know, I I understood the trajectory. It's like do well in elementary school and then you can get into the good high school and then you get into a good college and then you have a good, you know. Um, So that was somehow instilled in me really early on. So I was very anxious about this and I did, you know, perfectly in everything that I could and, and, and failing or, I mean, God forbid, flunking a grade. It was oh just gosh. unheard of. I would have jumped off a bridge. I don't. I yeah, don't know mm-hmm. if I would have been able to handle it. And then oh, Luke is just kind of. I know. I was. I was a little high strung. <laughs> and, and Luke's just coasting through life, reading the the newspaper. I mean, I just mm-hmm. can't even. I can't relate to that in any way. I <sighs> I can't either. I had a I had a friend and who's a really successful lawyer now, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like I realized in middle school that it didn't matter. Like I didn't really need to start trying until like." well into high school like how did you realize that like I wish I had realized that I did too because I was stressed about yeah middle school was like oh I gotta get like if I don't get good grades then you know what's high school gonna be 
Right. It doesn't really matter, guys. Um, <laughs> okay, time. Andrew tells his story uh, briefly because Luke took... <laughs> Maybe this is why the episode was an hour <laughs> instead of 30 minutes. <laughs> he talks about switching schools, um, sixth to seventh grade, and how traumatic that was. It's that he had a really rough time in elementary school socially. He went to a school called St. Hillary's. I don't yeah. remember ever hearing that. I vaguely... I mean, obviously, because my ears like perk up yeah. immediately, but <laughs> I've heard him sort of mention it, but like obviously, it's sort of like in a negative <laughs> connotation right right. but hillary was a man i know damn it weird i know hillary can be a one time when i was in um when i went to england when i was in college i met this lady and she was like oh your name is hillary i'm not gonna do an english accent but she said oh your name is hillary how many l's do you have in it and i said two she was like well that's how a man spells his name and i was like oh i didn't know that okay (laughs) meredith used to be a man's name too uh yeah there are like no yeah but i have heard that before kelly Mm -hmm. leslie Mm -hmm. there is a building on the university of minnesota it is the o meredith wilson library and i'm like what does the (laughs) o stand for that he went with meredith hmm did you ever find that out no you could look it up, I suppose. You investigate it's this. Owen. I mean, fine. Meredith is better than Owen. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm not biased. Um, Andrew talks about how eighth grade was also really rough, but then things got better for him later on in high school. And he had friends, sounds like maybe starting in 10th grade and then through college. Things improved a great deal for him socially. And he, he describes kind of a sweet moment where he's sitting in the backyard with his friends and, and, and where he's able to realize that this is... These are the days, you know, and he's able to appreciate them for what they are. That's, that was pretty sweet. He grew a ponytail and got friends. <laughs> Is that all it takes? I guess. All right. Well, that's Monday. All right. Let's go to Tuesday, number 2720, Luke Van Winkle. <laughs> Why that makes me laugh. I love a Rip Van Winkle yeah. joke. <laughs> I'm going to start off with a quick throw your phone that... Uh, I don't remember exactly where in this episode it came up, but it does pick you back off of what we were talking about for Monday's show from Crit, a criticism. He says, so I guess Luke had to say the words slipping into bed with his mother twice this week, almost immediately (laughs) threw away my earbuds. Yeah. (laughs) I slept with my mom a little bit when I was younger, but like slipping into bed just sounds so Yeah, the way he described it is not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Uh, So Luke slept for 14 hours last (laughs) night. What did he say? 7 p.m. to 9 Mm a.m. After being out on the boat for a day. I would think that that would make you tired out in the wind and the sun and the boat on the water. Makes you really tired. So um, he's feeling great. Uh, He says that he's been feeling down for the past few weeks because he's gotten back into some bad habits with eating and exercise and that sort of thing. And so he had gone through this period where he felt like he was just trying to get through the day. And now maybe it's just just the really good night of sleep and he's feeling better and so, of course, that means he's going to run the Winthrop Half Marathon. <laughs> As you do. Ambitious. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, what, three weeks? Yes, three weeks. And he found, like, a couch to half marathon training program that's for 
three and a half weeks. And he's like, whatever, I can shave the three days off. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's typical. He's done that before. He's done these marathons and half marathons that he's been totally un under trained for. Yeah. So I have no doubt that he'll be able to do that. Uh, so the top story for Tuesday, shaking my head on this one, um, people wearing earbuds don't want to talk to you. What? <laughs> Just what could that mean? <sighs> there is some article that they read that really puts Andrew's back up uh, about how people are wearing earbuds all the time. There's some anecdote about some guy who even wore them in meetings. Well, that's not that's acceptable. Rude. Yeah, no, that's dumb. Andrew is mad that um, this person who was in an Uber pool tried to talk to the person wearing earbuds and they did not want to talk to them. And so they debate who's the person in this situation who is rude. And Andrew thinks that it's rude to wear earbuds in a Lyft or an Uber, to which I say, I'm paying for a ride, not a conversation. This was just... I, I don't understand this this uh, conversation at all. And uh, in fact, I saw my therapist yesterday and I was like, I'm going to get a mental health professional's reaction to this. And so I said, do you think that you need to talk to the Uber driver if the Uber driver talks to you or if you're wearing earbuds and you're in a lift with somebody and they want to talk to you? Is it polite to take your earbuds out and converse with them. And she's like, polite to who? And I said, the driver. And she says, no. What are they talking about? And I said, and do you think that you should follow the lead of the Uber driver about whether you talk or not? Like if they want to talk, that you should be polite and talk. And she says, Anne, that is such codependent behavior. <laughs> you don't owe it to be polite to your Uber driver no. beyond the normal human courtesies. And I was like, thank you. Of course not. I There's something wrong with Andrew, guys. You know, I there, I had a couple of thoughts on this. One is, is it seems that Andrew gets really irritated by anything that young people are doing, right? He mentions throughout the week several times that this is a 25-year-old, and I think that really grates on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure why exactly, but he's mentioned it before, that he has he gets irritated with young people. He's kind of this get-off-my-lawn type of thing. And the, the other thing is that women have been doing this as a protection for ever, as long yeah. as headphones have been around. You know, it's, it's a really, really great way to pretend you don't hear people yelling at you or telling you to smile or, yeah. you know, keeping to yourself on public transit so that people don't see it, you know, just your presence as an invitation to start a conversation. Um, right. You don't even have to be listening to anybody. No, nope. anything. Nope. No. Just have the the headphones in. And we got a uh, throw your phone from Sam on that. She says, listening to Andrews and Luke's bafflement at the idea of using headphones to avoid conversation highlights male privilege idiocy that reaches near middle-aged mom-type proportions. <laughs> Any woman it. who has ever taken public transit surely sees the necessity of earbud armor. But never fear, fellas, despite wearing headphones in public at almost all times, I am still waved down by strange men and forced to remove my earbuds only be t to be told to smile more oh, wow. on a regular God, basis. Geez. Patriarchy intact. Yeah. Oh, 
I found that where I often don't, if I'm in public or on, on, on transit, I won't listen to anything because I need to be aware of my surroundings. So you yeah. don't even get the mm-hmm. fun of listening to music. <laughs> it's just a bad deal all around. I um during my when it cools down, I I walk during my lunch break around downtown Austin, which is great. I love walking. I like walking in the city. I think it's fun to see all the different sites and the construction. But I my earbuds are so drilled into my ears because there's. You know, weirdo dudes abound. There's also, like, I believe in, like, Planned Parenthood. Obviously, I give them money, but there's people on the corner that want you to sign, like, petitions and shit. I'm like, get mm-hmm. away from... And they want me to give them me... The- they want me to give them their my credit card to like donate. I'm like, I'm not giving you my credit no. card number right now. So I I really like depend on my earbuds because it helps me kind of focus on what I'm doing and not have to like interact with shitty people. I mean, I don't I smile at people. I'm a friendly person, but I'm also like I don't really have time. Like I'm doing my own thing. Why do I need to like bother with your stuff? Beyond like you were right. saying, beyond like normal human politeness you're not being rude you just don't want to engage and you're not obligated to engage exactly right and I work on a college campus and I do the same thing Hillary where I walk during lunch and on a college campus the petition drives and the people trying to get your attention for something and the Mormons nothing wrong against Mormons (laughs) but I'm fine I don't need to talk to them (laughs) one time uh, I said no to some very nice Mormons and they're like well can we walk along with you and maybe just pray a little bit and I was like no (laughs) actually you can't (laughs) so I I don't I don't want to talk to anybody so earbuds in and as Sam points out that doesn't stop people I wear earbuds in the office all the time and people start to come and talk to me but it seems from the way that Luke and Andrew were talking about it, they're like, well, but what if somebody comes and talks to you and you're like, what? Huh? Then that's so embarrassing. And I'm like, yeah, that's embarrassing for the other person who's bothering you. (laughs) Not you. It's their fault if they didn't see that you were wearing earbuds. And I don't have, this seemed really specific discussion to the AirPods. I think just because they're cordless. Yeah. But having a cord doesn't help. I mean, they're a little bit more, you know, you, you have to be looking for them. And like, if, if my hair is down and over my ears, then yep. I do worry about that a little bit because people can't see them at all. I just figure that people ought to know that I listen to things in the office by now. Oh, yeah. Because every single person has done it to me. So it's fine. I just say, excuse me. And I take out the earbuds. And they're like, oh, sorry. I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Yeah, it's exactly. all. It's fine. Exactly. It's okay, guys. Really is okay. Let's see. We're supposed to let our Uber or Lyft driver set the tone so we know whether we have to talk to them or not. I wish we could get Kate on here. We're like, Kate, tell us, you know, because Kate's a, Kate's a Lyft driver, and I want to get her perspective on it. I feel like every time I've been in a car, almost every time, it, they take a cue from me. Yes. You know, yep. if, if a conversation naturally happens or if I feel chatty, they are more than happy to go along with it. And if I say hello and how are you and, that, and then I'm silent the rest of the ride, it's fine. Yep. Mm -hmm. They don't mark me down for that, I don't think. (laughs) Right. It's not rude. You're not there to develop an intimate relationship. No, I'm paying them for something. If you do and you feel like you want to do that, that's great. Kate is lovely. And she sometimes posts about the great conversations that she has in the lift. And that's fine. But she gives a lot of rides. And I'm sure they're not all like that. So you're not a rude person if you don't become best friends with your lift driver. 
unless I'm totally wrong. No. Uh, Luke wants to tell this story about an Uber driver that he had in Austin who <laughs> wanted to talk to him about <laughs> reverse racism. Oh, my God. Just, Yikes. there is a point at which you don't have to worry about being polite anymore. Just say, uh-huh, and put your earbuds in. Although mm-hmm. he was in a car with a bunch of people, so that's a little bit, if all three of the people, like, simultaneously <laughs> put their earbuds in, that would be a little well, that's weird. that's one way to send a message. I mean, it's pretty clear. <laughs> Yeah, that's... There was a lady at the post office once who all of a sudden just wanted to talk to me about abortion and how terrible abortion <laughs> oh. was. And I was like, okay. Uh, somebody told me, like, she, I was at Walgreens and the, like, cash, the lady at the cash register was telling me about how people were moving down from Delaware. I don't, she was like, they have different morals up there. I'm like, oh, okay. No. And then I checked up. I, I don't know what <laughs> she meant. I mean, I kind of know what she meant, but I don't know what she meant. Oh, you know what she meant. Try being yeah. a Michigander living in Texas. <laughs> oh, That's <God>. fun. <laughs> you're like, we have militias. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're from that union state, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Oh, my uh, God. Hanging on a little tight there, people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing that they did say that I thought was a very good point, I forget who exactly brought this up, I think it was Luke, that you do need to give service people your full attention. For um, sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And um, when I go through a checkout line at the grocery store or whatever, and I've been listening to my earbuds in the store, I not only turn them off, but I take them out. Yes. Of course. Because yeah, I want people to. to know that they do yeah. have my... My attention. It's active, active listening and paying attention. That is perfectly yep. polite. Yeah. When I worked at, and I'm sure, and probably Meredith, I'm sure y'all had this experience, but when I worked at the luggage store, I mean, the amount of times people would just be on their phone. And this was 2004, so it wasn't as, you know, their, uh, the iPhone wasn't a thing, but people would be on their, <laughs> probably their Razor phone or their Blackberry, <laughs> and like pointing to stuff and like, yeah, yeah, like get that, but like not talking to me, just pointing and wanting me to like ring stuff up. And I like want to flip you off so badly. That's so rude. Get mm-hmm. off your goddamn. There's nothing. Then it wasn't like they were talking about an emergency or anything. It was some like dicky Los Angeles thing. Ugh. I'll call you back yeah. when I'm in the car. That's yes, exactly. All you, they have right. to say. And that would be fine. Okay, so that was an interesting top story. <laughs> By interesting, I mean shaking my head. Infuriating. Top story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, top story two is that airport security trays are extremely filthy. They, at least in the Helsinki airport, they are. <laughs> uh, they did a study where they found that there were higher levels of viruses and bacteria, etc in the the airport security line trays and there were in the bathrooms which i totally believe this is sort of a duh conclusion right yeah Yeah. Yeah. tons of people touch them all the time and nobody cleans them i guess my question would be i mean i didn't read this study but like there's a difference between viruses and bacteria and pathogens like they're not all Mm -hmm. gonna make you sick like they're all over you all the time and you're not always sick so i would just be curious if they were bad bacteria and viruses or not that's mm-hmm. my non-fun hot take on the this subject. Is my, <laughs> this is always my, like, annoyance at germaphobes. Not annoyance. I don't really care. Do what you want. I obviously, like, wash my hands, pick up, kind of clean my house and stuff. But I I can't be a germaphobe because they're, it's around you all the time. Even yeah. if I were a germaphobe, I would, like, 
I wouldn't leave the house. Like I would live in a bubble or something. And I just, mm-hmm. people who are constantly kind of wiping things down, I'm, it's fine. It just seems like a lot of effort for something kind of meaningless. It's not really going to like help you if you're going to get, I don't know, like you were saying, like a sick, it probably wouldn't come from that necessarily. Like it might, but it you don't might, really know. Yeah. Just the fact that there's germs on something doesn't make, make it radioactive. No. Mm-hmm. Well, and they used to say that the dirtiest thing that you touch every day is money, but we're, we don't use a lot of cash anymore. But I was thinking when you put your credit card in the machine and oh. then you push the accept button, mm-hmm. yeah. how dirty is that thing got to be? Oh, I bet our phones are the most disgusting thing now. Oh, absolutely. What? Oh, yeah. I mean, the amount of people using them in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Uh, so the thing that Luke takes from this discussion is that he is upset that security <laughs> check rules are different Always. in different airports. Of course, he talks about this uh, Palm Springs trip where they didn't even have to take off their shoes in the airport. And Andrew quite smartly points out that maybe if it's just really, really busy, that they make some, uh, I don't know, considered judgments that, you know, maybe we'll try to speed things along. I had that experience uh, when we all flew out. No, we didn't fly out on the same day from um, Seattle the last time we were there. You guys were there an extra day, right? You guys left on mm-hmm. Monday. You, yeah, yeah uh, Meredith left Monday. I left like later than you did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But I went to the airport there and it was the busiest I've ever seen really? the Seattle airport. It was just crazy how long the security line was but it was moving really fast and I think uh it was moving fast because they had the dog they had the drug sniffing dog and then they didn't have people take their shoes off so I think maybe that's the Mm -hmm. compensation if they've got the dog to go through and you know smell your feet for explosives then they feel pretty good about not having you take the shoes off I think it's totally up to their discretion um it is irritating that there are different rules, and it is irritating that they get mad at you for not immediately knowing what they all right. are at each airport. Yep. I don't like that. Um, but they do have an obligation to get people through so as not to mess up the entire schedule of every airline. <laughs> right. right. You shouldn't have to get to the airport, you know, three hours early yeah. to catch a domestic flight. Yeah, which- I've got TSA pre-check, and it just makes flying, like, slightly tolerable. It doesn't. It doesn't make it great. It kind of makes it back to the way it used to be. Well, Luke says, quote, I'll spare everyone my spiel on this. And then he kind of doesn't. He kind of starts getting into the whole idea. I think he did cut himself off. He was heading towards the thing where the security checks don't actually stop anyone. It's from, theater. Uh, again. It's theater. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So Somebody told him that word. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I guess as someone who travels as much as he does. He, he has the right to have some opinions on flying. Um, he could just not tell them to us all the time, and I would be fine by that. Uh, we get a couple of emails in today's show um, from Lonnie, not Connie. Uh, she is a new listener and was moved to make a jingle, which is one of the better jingles that That's they've had, I think. Really good. And an email from Allie who says her three-year-old really loves the uh uh-oh soundboard (laughs) robot sound and sent in some audio, which is 
so cute. I was in yes. a bad mood for <laughs> this episode because I thought they were being ridiculous with the earbud conversation and the airport conversation. I was like, we have heard all of this before. Why are we having this conversation again? But when they played that audio, I was like, oh, and I was in a better mood. So thank you, I know. Allie. I do not Save want it. to have any more children, but that like delighted me. I was like, oh, look yeah. at that little baby. Remember? Even Dave was listening to it at that point, and he was like, oh, <laughs> it's <really> cute. <laughs> um, and then we get, I'm sorry, Max from Brooklyn, but a very uninteresting dream catcher that he had where he was li- hearing Andrew listen to the intro package. So we couldn't hear what Luke was saying. We only heard Andrew laughing at it. And that makes them think of the isolated vocals from David Lee Roth and the guy from Smash Mouth, whose name is Steve, not Steve Harvey, Steve Harwell. Harwell, that's it. Um, And I, man, I have never gotten this isolated vocals thing. What do they think it's going to sound like if they're singing without any of the backing tracks? Come on, they're in tune. Smash Mouth may not be your kind of music, but that guy is on pitch and he has great diction. And yeah, the lyrics are dumb, but the lyrics of most songs are dumb. I, so. I noticed his enunciation when they played the extended, <laughs> like how well he, he his allocution was. I was really impressed. Yeah, it's not my style of singing, but he's got some aptitude for what he does mm-hmm. for sure. And then they criticized the lyrics of Smash Mouth for a while. <laughs> Talk about low-hanging fruit. Seriously. And they say that Smash Mouth needs to be more subtle. Okay, guys. <laughs> sure. Not all music has to be some sort of Beatles-esque puzzle that you can't figure out. <laughs> Bonnie Vare. Like, <laughs> I. It's like when I listen to my isolated... <laughs> track which is I don't know why I do it I just like want to hear what I sound like but it sounds you do sound crazy when you're just talking alone with nothing else Uh of course you do (laughs) yeah oh these guys all right that'll that'll do it for Tuesday all right Wednesday 2721 a moment of personal excitement um, I just think the sum up for this one is what Meredith wrote in the notes (laughs) vertically she wrote this show was hella boring. <laughs> <laughs> Truer words Indeed, were never spoken. It was. Um, they had just had. There were other episodes this week that maybe I wasn't like agreeing with them, but it seemed like they had a point. This one just kind of didn't seem like it had a point. So let me try to wrap it up kind of quickly. I took a lot of notes, but I it didn't really add up to anything. Um, I know I hate these episodes and the note taking is so, so hard. hard to recap. Yeah. Um, like talking about cleaning your keyboard. Can you use alcohol to clean your, I guess you can. I use one of those sure. sprays. Sure. Uh, Andrew thought he had central AC for a second, but then didn't. <laughs> he realized he has a, a fan is what he has on his uh. furnace, <laughs> but it doesn't work. So yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, no point is coming back. Great. I'm super psyched about that. Um, and this is the thing I will say. I love sports. I watch football. Unfortunately, I don't actually think it's right at this point, but I do enjoy it. Um, they're bad about talking about sports. They're not good at it. They don't have a wide, like, 
range of anything beyond Seattle sports or like the fucking Cleveland Browns who suck and they're going to suck again. Uh, yeah. So I, they're not good at talking about it. And I, this kind of related to when they were talking about um, Chuck Klosterman, when they were talking about how he, you know, did this big piece about ranking Van Halen songs where they, Luke said, um, like, oh, I hope, you know, I don't know anything about uh, Van Halen, but I hope, you know, it was so interesting for like how Chuck Klosterman talked about it. I hope that we're as interesting when we're talking about sports, even though, you know, some people might not be into sports. And I'm like, no, you're not actually, you're not no. good at talking mm-hmm. about sports. Chuck Klosterman's a good writer. I don't always agree with him, but he's a good writer and intriguing and sort of engaging. You guys are not. Luke, t- Luke talking <laughs> about how he thinks that like, you know, Seattle, um, the Seahawks are going to, you know, go when go at least to the playoffs, go to the Super He always has like the same perspective. It's always positive. Like even when they lost the goddamn Super Bowl, it was like, oh, no, they did the right play. I'm like, they didn't do the right play because they lost the goddamn Super Bowl. Anyway, <laughs> I it's just as dumb and boring. And I, you know, as somebody who likes sports, I always want to listen to No Point And I start and I'm like, fuck this. It's boring. I don't really care. I, I don't live in <laughs> Seattle and they are not smart about sports regardless. Anyway. I'm always so happy when we get to January because I'm like, oh, thank God, no more no point conversion. But then this summer has been Mariners all the time. time. Mm -hmm. All the time. And the baseball talk is as bad as the football talk. I am theoretically interested in baseball (laughs) talk. (laughs) Theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, they're not good at it. They don't, I don't know. They, Luke has not evolved much past being like an 11 year old who was probably when he was 11 was really good at talking about sports or knew a lot about it because he was newly interested in it. And now he's kind of cocky about it. And then like your brothers mm-hmm. are better than you are. Your mom might be better at you at, the, at this point. <laughs> um, I would love well, to those are to fighting words. Yeah. Um, and Andrew's so new at it and he is really interested, but he also like, doesn't know. I don't know. It's just boring. Um, they, I, I also, I don't know why they wanted to talk about this Van Halen thing, which they didn't really talk about because neither of them are interested in Van Halen. And I thought, if you really want to talk about it, get Kamara Kev on the line. He actually cares about this stuff and probably would bring an interesting perspective on it. And Chuck Klosterman is an interesting writer. I mean, again, I don't care about Van Halen. I think Dave would be more interested, but if they're going to talk about it, bring somebody who knows something about it. Yeah. Um, the only thing other than that was just, again, Luke did say something that I kind of related to that he doesn't really listen to public radio that much anymore. And I don't either. I mean, I I do listen to it in the mornings when I'm getting ready, but I listen to podcasts so much more that I don't really turn on the radio as much anymore. I know me too. And I feel kind of bad. And I don't know. I like listening to KUT, the local station here was such like a part of my like identity. And now I just, I listen to public radio podcasts. Like I listen to fresh air and, you know, some of the other ones, but I don't, I don't really regularly turn it on in my car or anything. Um, but I do, Steve Inskeep is really good about asking like super kind of cringy questions, but like kind of trying to get to the point and needle the guy and listening to that. I was like, I can't listen to this. This is stressing me (laughs) out, but it's good. I mean, it's good. He needs to ask those questions, but Mm -hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, Luke mentioned that he had influence on Twitter and that made me laugh. <laughs> oh yeah. He said that Twitter was the only sphere where he had any right. influence. <laughs> I was like, really? Oh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just cause you like put a, something of your nephew and it got retweeted. I don't know, like 200 times. Like that's not, 
He's never going to stop bringing up that picture of his nephew. (laughs) One time I tweeted, because this is like in the height of my Hamilton fandom, I like tweeted a video of Bridget um, like singing a Hamilton song. And I like tagged the Hamilton podcast and they or Hamilton uh, musical and they retweeted it. And I had just as many retweets because there's so many fans of it that it was just like kind of. And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. And then guess what? Nothing else happened. That was it. That's my influence. <laughs> Nobody it remembers that life? except it did. I'm a star now. I'm going okay. to Broadway. Yeah, well, there you go. That's my influence. Um, okay, and then Kevin, the resident janitor, talked about peeling off a soap thing. I don't know. I really like Kevin, but I wasn't really interested in this. I sort of lost the thread a little bit. Um, and I, the peeling off stuff is like it's kind of nice, but it's I know, but there's like a whole. TBTL like sub genre of it like on Facebook right oh there's a group for it it's awful (laughs) I don't think it's even TBTL related I think that Jeremy just made it as a spoof yes and Bobby mostly just posts videos to it to make me mad I think (laughs) (laughs) um and then lastly just to kind of get through this shitty day um they showed they talked about the t-shirt for the Mariners game and I just thought this was funny. The teacher doesn't even say TBTL on it, like, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and some, I think Andrew said this. I can't remember who said it. Some burglars want to get caught. We want to fail. <laughs> and it's true. It's like, you couldn't have put TBTL anywhere on it, on the back, on, you know, a little tiny TBTL. I mean, some people yeah. are going to be like, what the fuck does this shirt mean? Anyway, those guys. I mean, they just don't, they don't promote anything. And they wonder nope. why, you know, Nora is really successful. She's out there promoting her shit. She goes on other podcasts and promotes it. Not in a gross way, but like, you know, yeah, she does it. They don't put the work in to do it. They want the success without the effort. God love them. And that's basically Wednesday <laughs> if I'm, unless I'm missing something. <laughs> nah, you're not. I think that's enough. Well, uh, we'll take it to Thursday, number 2722. Give me the cleave deets. <laughs> they start the show by speculating about who wrote the New York Times op-ed that Trump is a train wreck moron and that there is a resistance to make sure that nobody Fuck the um, resistance fires inside. a nuke. <laughs> this makes me so mad. Fine. But you know what? They put children in goddamn cages. You're not doing your job if you're trying to yeah. be the resistance within. Fuck you. It's not They're even a well-written a thing. It's, ugh, it makes me so mad. No, well, what I'm like is, who cares who wrote it? Yeah. What did we learn Nothing. that we didn't know exactly. already? Nothing. Nothing. It was just written as some self-aggrandizing thing. It wasn't General Kelly. It wasn't Mattis. It wasn't anybody Hence, high up. Give me a break. I mean, yeah. No, the term senior administration official is extremely fluid from what I understand. It could be any number of people and it doesn't matter. Don't waste your time trying to figure out who it is. All I've learned is that we should have evoked the 25th Amendment years ago and we haven't yet. Well, and that's the thing that's frustrating because he's like, or whoever, I assume it's a guy just because it probably is. And um, they say, oh, we don't have this constitutional crisis. Well, it's a fucking amendment in the constitution that you can invoke the 25th Amendment. Like it's, Okay, like we made room for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so frustrating, and I'm really like disappointed in the New York Times. I know, I mean, obviously their readership probably went up, you know, gangbusters. Yeah. But um, but it's worthless. It's worthless. 
other than driving Trump into an ever-increasing state of paranoia, which he didn't really need a lot of help on. <laughs> no. It's kind of funny. It's kind of entertaining to watch yeah. him fall off the rails even further. Yeah. I mean, it just one step closer to stroking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him trying to uh, pronounce anonymous. I watched oh. a clip of it, and I was like, I now I can't pronounce anonymous. It's like a mamana. <laughs> My mom and sister and I watched that about four times yesterday. Because oh she wanted to show me that there's a there's a, a rally. I think it was the same rally where the woman was wiping her nose with the flag, where this guy in a plaid shirt was making faces behind Trump. Like, what? Yeah. Ah. Kind of oh, making yeah. incredulous yeah, yeah. faces. And they, they ushered him off of the stage and put a pretty lady who was a Trump <laughs> supporter behind it, you know, there instead of him. But um, th- that kind of put us down a rabbit hole of just... And, and I have such a hard time listening to him. After after about five minutes, I had to tell her to turn it off because I couldn't listen to his stupid face anymore. Um, but him say, mispronouncing that word over and over and over <laughs> was really delightful. This is so gross. And I'm sorry to put this image in your head, but a long time ago when he probably around the like apprentice time, my friend Chelsea used to say his mouth looks like a butthole. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's it like totally a perfect. Cir- it's like a circle. <laughs> Yep. And that's what I always think of our dear leader is that his mouth looks like a butthole. And what you comes too. out of it is appropriate. Support your president. Mm-hmm. You disloyal <laughs> communists. Oh, wait. Treason. Communists are good now. Uh, no. You no, disloyal yeah. socialists. <laughs> She's committed treason, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, I wasn't expecting them to talk about that on the show, but I guess it's top of everybody's mind these days. Um, But after that small part of politics talk, we go straight into Brown's talk, which is to be expected, I guessed. And um, I wrote down this note specifically for Mike, because Mike gets such a kick out of Andrew mispronouncing words, (laughs) a la the disheveled uh, incident that we had earlier this year. Uh, Bohemoth, yes. And then I knew that I wasn't crazy, Meredith, when you brought it up, independent (laughs) of me later, uh, when Andrew said that he just can't bring himself to temper his expectations for the Browns' performance because he wants to get to the part where he's jubilant (laughs) about them. Yep. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then 45... Or 85 whatever minutes later, Luke said it too. (laughs) Yep. He pronounced it exactly the same way. And I'm like, am I crazy? (laughs) And I went and I listened to a whole bunch of pronouncers online (laughs) to make sure that I haven't been wrong this whole time. It is not pronounced jubilant. (laughs) Nope. (sighs) Okay. Got that off my chest. Uh, Then there has been a question. Uh, can they send t-shirts, which apparently are a very hot commodity and everybody wants them, uh, for people who can't come to the Mariners game? And Andrew's like, nope, sorry. <laughs> we don't control them. We don't make them. We don't send them out. Guys, that's why you have to buy LRB merchandise. Yeah, seriously. Because we do control that mm-hmm. stuff. And if you want a particular design, send it into Christy and we'll see what we can do. Now, obviously, we can't do the DBTL Mariners t-shirt there might be some some issues with that, but we'll work with you. Our answer will never be nope no. to yeah. you. Um, let's see. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. What Luke wants to talk about uh, in relation to Burt Reynolds is that 
because of the Me Too movement that we now can't simply celebrate Burt Reynolds because of the domestic abuse (laughs) issues with Lonnie Anderson. Okay, Uh, Andrew says that we need to look at the full life of the person, not just their, I guess, their celebrity or the good parts that we liked. And Luke says that we always categorize people as simply good or simply bad, but shit be complicated, which I think most of us know. I I know that as well, but I, I don't know. There was something, I totally agree with that, but... It's, we're always talking about men. It's always fucking men that it's complicated. You know, women usually do have to fit into that paradigm a little bit better. And I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. It kind of goes to show, like, what I say before is I kind of get sick of them talking about Me Too stuff because it's two white dudes that even though mm-hmm. their intentions are good, it's just frustrating to hear them like, why can't we say good things about Burt Reynolds? And it's fine. Like, say good things about Burt Reynolds. I don't care. But... I don't know. Them diving into Me Too really deeply and getting frustrated by it frustrates me. I think that's a really great point that it's always men we're talking about when we say <laughs> shit be <It's> complicated. complicated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always men. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Witches coven. Yeah. Unite. <laughs> yes. We need to cast some spells on these men. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, continuing the theme that things are complicated. Andrew knows, he says, that men are no longer supposed to comment on ladies' appearance in any way. But the other day in Whole Foods, he complimented a lady's dress. He said, hey, that's a really cool dress. And now, of course, because he's Andrew, he's very conflicted about whether that was acceptable to do. And he talked it over with the Veeves. And she said, hmm, was it necessary? to do it which i think was an excellent point is it a bad thing that andrew complimented a lady on what he thought was legitimately a cool dress and that he wasn't a creeper who wanted to get with her it's fine but is it necessary probably not i mean it's it is kind of a a complicated situation it depends on the setting it depends on who you are and who the other person is and if you know each other and if you don't and what you say and what your intentions are so it is kind of it it is kind of raw I mean I, I don't think what he did was creepy or weird he he complimented the dress and then he vanished into thin air you know he didn't ask for her number he didn't wait for an a response that he thought was appropriate from her right so mm-hmm. also we know very well that Andrew you know would die if if somebody thought he was actually being creepy so we know his right. intentions were not bad um but it is kind of wading into a minefield a little bit um i think women have had so many bad experiences with things like this that our automatic assumption is get away from me <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right. if, if it's a stranger in a grocery store i'd be like mm, what are you what what is your motive here yeah um but uh, you know in certain settings it's really nice to be complimented and if you don't feel like you're being creeped upon it's totally fine and and Luke did make the point that it's about the intention, but I think it's also about the the words that you use. In fact, in this conversation, Luke was sort of role playing it, and he was like, "I could say to a woman, that's a lovely dress you're wearing," and I was like, "Nope, Ooh, don't say that's that. creepy." <laughs> Andrew's saying that's a really cool dress. That's fine. Luke's saying that's a lovely dress. Creepy. And I think we were talking about this in our chat a bit, and Phyllis pointed out that it's it's maybe a little bit safer to compliment something specific about it. Like, oh, I really like that pattern or, you know, that's a cool 
uh, mm-hmm. neckline. Yeah, maybe that neckline's a bad, bad one. <laughs> I really <laughs> like the way that dress hugs your boobs. Pattern. Okay, let's just stick to the pattern. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Andrew. Um, let's see. What is the theme of all this talk? I guess it's sort of unasked for a conversation with strangers, I suppose, is is the theme of this whole section of the show. Luke tells a story about how he was leaving a restaurant and he passed a table and he overheard the people having a conversation about goofus and gallant. (laughs) And he just had to stop and correct them and be like, "Um, I think it's actually pronounced gallant. Uh, So I went and I listened to a whole bunch of pronouncers (laughs) For the word gallant, you. and gallant is an acceptable alternative pronunciation. Really? Luke, you dummy. Wow. Keep your nose out of other people's business. What a terrible well, actually. I, and it's such mm-hmm. a oh. weird, like, he was leaving the restaurant. Like, it was, <laughs> it was such a, why did he feel the need to, to do that? And actually, I think later in the week, or maybe later today, at some point, that, uh, Andrew corrected something Luke was saying, and he was like, Ugh, like it kind of bristled at it. So I, you know. Right. God. I, there was this one time in college, my roommate and I were at the grocery store or something. And I specifically remember we were going to get some Parmesan cheese. And so we were in the aisle where you have the craft green bottles where you get the the grated Parmesan cheese. Mm. And it was like Friday and we were done with class and we were just messing around and we're like, Oh, look, we have to get the Parmesan cheese. Let's find the Parmesan (laughs) cheese. And so we were standing in front of it, looking at it and this random dude, like in his fifties or sixty sixties goes, Oh, that stuff's been oxidizing in the can for months. You know what you need to do? Go to the cheese counter and get yourself a good hunk of Parmesan cheese. And that's the way to do it. And I was like, but my roommate goes thanks for the tip and she grabs a green can off the shelf and we went and i'm like god i wish i could be like that me too that's awesome that is just why do people have to interfere in other people's lives just stay out of it luke you dumb dumb Mm -hmm. seriously um, at this point in the show, Andrew says, quote, I don't try to chat up cashiers that much, unquote. And <laughs> yeah, Anne right. fell out of her chair laughing. <laughs> uh, this is leading into a story about when he and Genevieve were out hiking on a very steep trail and he was going down and there was a lady coming up. And so he was making some dumb dad joke to her like, oh, you should be going the other way or whatever. And it turned out that she was very pregnant Clearly um, not having a good time and was not appreciating Andrew's little joke to her. And, of course, now he's all up in his head about it. And Luke's like, yeah, but what's the alternative to talking to random people in public? Just keep your head down and mind your own business? Yes. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Especially in cases like that. I mean, this woman is like, fuck you. You don't know what it's like. The, the, the only thing that I think is that Andrew um, 
reflects so much on it, which I think is good, but at some point is not helpful. Like it's not helpful for him to just like, all it is is just kind of like, think about it and then move on and do better. Like that's, you know, right. mm-hmm. him just like ruminating on it constantly. is not good for his health. He just needs to kind of do better and he's learning and that's great to have some reflection, but yep. I feel like he wraps himself up too much in it. This is why he needs to go see a therapist. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He needs to have somebody he can talk this stuff through and who can teach him better ways to handle his emotions and how to move on with them. So, oh, Andrew, Um, (laughs) the nominal top story for this episode was about this um, Australian agriculture minister, Barnaby Joyce, who we've heard of before with the whole Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing where he forced them to apologize for skipping quarantine with their dogs. And of course, it was all totally a publicity stunt on his part because he saw a chance to get some entertainment uh, and some notoriety. And he's been forced out of office. I think the official complaint was campaign finance violations, but he did. uh, It was discovered that he had a mistress who's pregnant with his Barna baby, which made me laugh <laughs> really hard <laughs> and has sexually harassed women, despite uh, the fact that he has uh, cast himself as a family values politician, which, of course, when we were talking on the previous show about Larry Craig and the wide stance thing, that was the real issue. Not that he was looking for some gay action in the Minneapolis bathroom because, you know, whatever, you do your thing. But the fact that he was... Uh, trying to uh, put the gaze down while being hypocritical. So this is Barnaby's problem also is rampant hypocrisy. (laughs) And the guys speculate that maybe this is like Johnny Depp's long con revenge (laughs) that he's pulling all the strings on this. Um, he keeps, Luke keeps trying to call Barnaby Barry Fife, who is a character in Strictly Ballroom, who is the villain in Strictly Ballroom, and Luke says that Strictly Ballroom as a movie probably hold up. I can tell you, yes, it does. It's one of my favorite movies in the entire world. It's really good. It's completely bizarre, and I love it. Everybody go watch it. It's really good. Uh, and, uh, he comes up, uh, with a comparison of Trump looking like Barry Fife, and it's really true really mm-hmm. true except that barry fife has a glorious um hairpiece and trump just has his weird swirly I don't side hair pieces <laughs> i mean equally gross hair but um just slightly different versions of it let's see uh in more cleveland news serial season three is coming out finally it's going to be set a year in a Cleveland courthouse where they're going to follow a variety of cases and take a bigger look at the American justice system. That sounds good, but it's such a broad topic. I mean, she's good mm-hmm. at narrowing stuff down, so hopefully it'll be, you know, uh, focused, but yeah. But I mean, right. it sounds Well, it gets them into the topic of podcasts as entertainment versus podcasts as journalism. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting topic. Because, I mean, even in the first series of Serial, they talked a lot about, uh, or I guess a lot of the criticism was about the victim, Heyman Lee, and the family Mm -hmm. of, and her family, and how this really was sort of maybe sensationalizing her death, or she was the victim, but the focus was all on the person who went to prison for it, and how that was really kind of exploiting 
her death. I don't know that that's necessarily a fair criticism for Serial because I think there was journalistic intent to tell a different story. Mm-hmm. But I think there are tons and tons and tons of podcasts that are sort of exploitative. It's like there are a lot of true crime pro- uh, podcasts out there that are like the equivalent of like Dateline or yeah. 48 Hours Mystery where it's just like, did the doctor kill his wife kind of yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking about brain candy as far as books go, and that's brain candy as far as as podcasts go. But whereas something like Serial or In the Dark is trying to make a larger point. Yeah. yeah. And I think nobody did it better than In the Dark. I mean, Luke really uh, praised that again, and I just think that both seasons of In the Dark have been amazing. And they do start out with one case where you're focusing on one person, and it does uh, expand to tell a much bigger story and comment journalistically on the state of well for in the dark season two it was the abysmal racism of the american justice system that's another one everybody i need to haven't listened to into the dark you Mm -hmm. you gotta do it i mean you will never be more angry remember when you watch making a murderer on netflix and you would end those and you'd be like oh my god what do i have to do to make this better um, this season of In the Dark is like that, but times 10. Okay. Oh, boy. I need it's, to... It's so horrifying, the racism that exists in the justice system today. So, yeah, that's a good time. But it's a really entertaining podcast as well. Well, they do so, such a good job with it. So it's like they make it mm-hmm. kind of, you know, medicine, but like that tastes good. That You you know, they, they do a really good job. And I did, I have been listening to Dr. Death, the one that Luke was talking about, the Wondery one. Oh, yeah? Um, it's pretty good. It's I'm more intrigued because it was like set in Dallas and Memphis, too, which are two places I've lived. So it was, it's interesting. I mean, mm. it's basically like this guy is a really bad doctor and was given a lot of chances. Um, <laughs> right. But they do do the weird thing. It was like very shocking when this guy would come on who was, a, it was it's a woman who's you know, the narrator for this and the creator. But then this guy will come on and be like, Dr. Death, you know, did all these horrible things. And they do a zip recruiter ad. And you're like, wait, what? Like, it's just as two. The third episode that came out a couple days ago, they they dropped doing, they didn't do it. Because I'm sure they had to hear, like, this is in poor taste. Mm -hmm. But I sort of felt like that with Dirty John. Like, it was fun. I liked listening to it. But it was, you know. Yeah, it was like right. watching a date line. What did, you know, what did we learn from that yet. other than some ladies have terrible, terrible uh, decision-making <laughs> yeah. problems yeah. and that there are very bad men out there? Exactly, exactly. Um, so interesting topic. but Yeah, for sure. Um, there is a Blur's Day shout-out. We don't normally talk about Blur's Day stuff, but I thought this was worth mentioning from Nick to Mary, who loves him even though he drilled a hole <laughs> in their boat. So Andrew thinks Luke will appreciate this story. (laughs) Uh, And um, we have an email from Sharon. Uh, The guys were talking about how you could possibly spend so much money on sports tickets. And Sharon uh, bought World Series tickets for $400. And I don't think we ever figured out, is it $400 a ticket or $400 for the payer? Whatever. It's still a lot of money. I think it was per ticket Yeah, Yeah. Uh, for her and her dad. And it's just a wonderful moment. And she doesn't regret it at all. And her dad insisted on reimbursing her for the face value of the tickets. And she never told him that she bought them from, I don't know, StubHub or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Or from a, some scalper organization, and that they cost that much. She'll never tell him because she doesn't want to diminish his pleasure that in it. Sweet. I, that was very, really sweet. very, very sweet. 
And uh, Luke says he would never, ever spend that kind of money on sports because, number one, he's been spoiled by being able to get in as a journalist to a lot of sports event, his part in the media. And um, <laughs> number two, it's too big of a gamble that his team's going to lose. If he's going to spend all his money, he wants to see his team win, damn it. I, I, don't, I The only thing I think about is Bill Simmons took his dad to go, like for his 60th birthday or something, to go see the Super Bowl. I mean, he obviously didn't have to pay for it, but he took his dad to go see the Super Bowl when the Patriots were supposed to beat the Giants and go undefeated, and they lost. And he was like, <laughs> I can't ever do that again. Like, I can't ever go to a Super Bowl like that again, because it was just like, you just can't believe it and that's the thing about Luke also is he's too immature to handle like losses like that so yeah maybe it's a good idea to yeah he has a history so it's probably not great if he goes to something big and then his team loses that's true that's a good point uh then I have a line in my notes that I just uh wrote down as sports yammering (laughs) they just (laughs) talked about various sport topics for a long time they were just jumping back and forth i was gonna skip past that except we gotta throw your phone that i think was covered in this part of the show although i honestly don't remember but it's such a good throw your phone from sam who's been doing some great work uh for us and she says andrew quote i suppose if you're going to break down which kind of feces you're going to eat with a spoon i guess you make a good argument unquote throw all the phones and burn (laughs) them i'll never feel clean again (laughs) i think they were talking about this cleveland talk radio host was it cleveland yes it was cleveland oh yeah Who said that if the browns drafted somebody he would eat a turd and then they did draft him and he was forced to eat the turd it's so gross Mm. (sighs) okay uh and the only really interesting part of the sports talk that i thought they included was the very end where they started talking about student in quote athletes because as luke points out they're really not students they're professional athletes for universities that don't get paid and how awful they're treated and universities are just using them to make buckets and buckets and buckets of money and they don't really care what happens to them in the end and that experience is not going to prepare them for life unless they're you know part of the 0.05 percent who's going to get drafted into professional sports and I 100 percent agree and I'm glad to hear them say it I do and I really actually do want to watch that um documentary docuseries or whatever it's going to be I think on HBO it sounded good to me and I remember you know they used to talk about oh like um they basketball players used to not have to go to college for a year they could just go you know LeBron went straight in Kobe went straight in and I remember people just being like oh you know they don't value their education and this is such a travesty and it's like no they want to make money while their bodies are still healthy like why would you shame something and when they so they're going to go to college where they're not going to study and they're going to work for free and get in trouble you know if they sell their likeness on anything yet you know colleges can sell sell their likeness or sell their names Uh, yeah it's really gross and when I was a grad student, I was a teaching assistant. This did not happen to me, but it happened to my friend Edgar, also a teaching assistant, who told me a story about one of the hockey players who the coach, whoever the coach was at the time, came to Edgar and said, I just need you to give this kid a D. And Edgar was like, fine, if he earns the grades, he'll get the D. I never found out how that resolved mm, itself. Yeah. yeah. 
but it was a big deal. Yeah. No, it is. It is. I mean, that's how they make. That's how colleges make money. You don't. I, people are not going to the University of Alabama from out of state because they were like, "Oh, it's such a good education." I'm not saying Alabama <laughs> is a bad school. I'm just saying the reason why people like know about it is because of the football program, and they make so much money for the universities. Uh, right. But then the players and get you know nothing. What? I- I, I don't even know – I only know how the University of Minnesota works, but the athletics department is its own entity. They don't have to share no. any of the money they make with anybody no. else in the university. No. That is all totally for their use. Yep. So it's not like you can say, oh, yeah, the football program is making money for the English department because it's not. No. No. Hmm. It's a fucked up system. It, it really is. But people really love their team, so there we go. All right, let's get through Friday quickly. This is 2718, dial M for Arborist. Um, they, <laughs> that actually made pretty me good. laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, they start with uh, the intro package can, includes the stop and smell the pizza drop, I think, and that gets them on pizza commercials right off the bat. And Luke teases a story that they're going to talk about um, some something having to do with unlimited dominoes in Russia. Um, which brings them to the Noid, which brings them to just the topic of pizza commercials in general. And, of course, since Andrew likes to talk about commercials more than he likes to talk about anything else on TVTL, uh, they go on and on and on about that. They never actually end up talking about the dominoes in Russia thing, um, but no. they do go on a tangent where they build a squad based on people from commercials. And this goes on for, like, 15 minutes. You know, whenever they start talking about something and, and Luke's like, Hey, do you remember that guy, the Noid, that from the Domino's commercials in the 80s? And I'm like, yeah, because you've talked about it eight times before. <laughs> yep. We're He's well really aware. into the Noid. <laughs> um, the, the Arborist stuff comes in because Luke has been psyching himself up for this conversation with his neighbor for, I guess, a few months now, it sounds like, at least, that we know yeah. about, um, about moving this tree that could potentially block his view, which it hasn't yet, but he thinks that it will. And the neighbors don't seem to give, you know, two shits about this tree. Um, and he finally gets the opportunity. He sees his neighbor out there doing some other kind of yard work, and he's he's couching this. And I'm I'm you know it's totally cool if this isn't cool, but I was just thinking and blah, blah, blah. and the neighbor's like, yeah, it's fine, yeah, okay. I'm gonna get a really good arborist, and it won't mess up. Okay, fine, just that's fine. I just he just wants to put his earpods back in his ears and get back to digging apart his deck or whatever he's doing. It's totally like um, what I've talked about before with customer service when people come in all steamed because they have a problem and they've had the conversation in their head yes. before. And then I'll say this and then they'll say this and you're like, oh yeah, sure, I'll fix that for you. But they still like they have to get it out. But Luke I did all this mental work. I, I prepared yeah. this speech. Let me say it. And my favorite part about it, though, is Andrew was like, 100%, it's going to be like 9.30 on a Sunday night. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, I got to get the arborist here. And Luke was like, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be some emergency. I found him on Craigslist in the M for M section. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely true. That's a, that's a brief moment of insight on, on Luke's part. That was pretty great. Um, Luke... Uh, starts going off on tree stories. Turns out he's got a lot of stories that revolve around trees or involve trees. Um, and then he talks about going to see Michael Pollan, who spent most of the talk complaining about the Burbank potato. <laughs> which, 
<laughs> I don't know anything about the Burbank potato or why it's either. bad, but Michael Pollan's kind of full of it. I don't want yeah, I'm not a huge fan of his. Oh, yeah. yeah. I totally have a bone to pick with Michael Pollan. Yes. I mean, his theories about local sustainable eating oh, are so great classic. for like super privileged people. If you're rich and live in California, money. yeah, I can yep. spend all summer tending to my tomato garden and get four tomatoes out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I starve for the winter. So shut up, Michael Pollan. I read some article where he was like, like people were like, how do you eat? You know, how, how do you eat right? Like, how do you you know keep like a good body essentially and he's like don't eat too much and i'm like oh cool god thank you for telling me good that. good I'm so <laughs> helpful <laughs> i didn't know that is that all you have to do gosh he just solved it thanks michael pollen um they get off on this weird tangent about the lyrics of come together um and i agree that they are very dumb I just thought, wasn't this from the point in the Beatles' career when they were just high? Yeah, yeah, yeah this is I okay. assume these lyrics were written in a drug haze. Well, you're totally right. So the, my connection to the Beatles started really early. My mom is a huge, huge Beatles fan, still is. I was a latchkey kid. And so I think around maybe third or fourth grade, um, they taught me to use the record player. Like we had an unironic record player. <laughs> um, and my mom has every Beatles album. And um, so I would come home from school and I'd be by myself for the first like maybe two hours of the afternoon. It was my favorite time of day. Like, don't cry for me, Argentina. I was loving it. So I would sit at the kitchen table. I would put on a Beatles record and I would do my homework before everybody else got home. And it was a really great memory for me. And I remember listening to this song and just being like, I think this is about drugs. Like I was a high strung eight year old who did not know anything about drugs. And I'm, you know, he's talking about such nonsense. And I I actually hadn't really thought about it much, but I went and looked it up and on genius.com, which used to be rap genius. um, It's kind of a good go-to source for for the meaning of lyrics and stuff. And he explains that it was supposed to be maybe a campaign song for Timothy Leary, who is the, you know, the acid guy. Uh, who came up with tune in, turn on, drop out. Um, And he was running for some sort of public office. And this was the song that John Lennon came up with. And then what he said about it in an interview was, quote, the thing was created in the studio. It's gobbledygook. Come Together was an expression that Leary had come up with for his attempt at being president or whatever he wanted to be. And he asked me to write a campaign song. I tried and tried, but couldn't come up with one. But I came up with this, Come Together, which would have been no good to him. You couldn't have a campaign song like that, right? Huh. Thanks, John Lennon. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was right about that. He seems so confused about where he is and what he's doing and what <laughs> what a campaign song is. This was just delightful to me. And it got me thinking about John Lennon. I never have had a great opinion of him. I, he kind of sounds like he was a jerk yeah. to everyone in mm-hmm. his life, which a lot of geniuses seem to be, unfortunately. Um, but that that this is allowing me to absolutely let go of what these lyrics may mean yeah they mean nothing Nothing. and that's fine all right um andrew talks about that horse poop eating thing which i don't (laughs) really want to ruminate on ha 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 um luke says that would be okay with him because it's just grass sure that doesn't that doesn't really track for me at all um and we're gonna move right past this um luke has had it with john lennon andrew has had it with paul mccartney and of course luke has to tell his paul mccartney elevator story again and he theorizes that paul protects his brain from meeting a billion excited people by uh a a very controlled polite reaction which of course he would have to do he's one of the most famous people in the world of course i wouldn't take that 
kind of fame for no. all oh, no. the tea in China no. or the gold in Scrooge McDuck's vault or any of that. That sounds just awful. I like I like the way that Luke put it at some point where it was like literally everybody who's meeting him is like freaking out, which yeah. is too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I have always wanted to be famous in some way, but that's like too it's too much intensity and not to have like a normal conversation with somebody who's not like yeah. very closely related to you. Well, unless you're Andrew. Andrew does say that he's pretty much too cool to want to meet Paul McCartney. Okay. Great. <laughs> so he would be sure. the one person sitting in the corner kind of just eyeing him and pretending to ignore Wasn't, him. Didn't he have that time that he met Fugazi, somebody from Fugazi or something? And he was sort of like deliberately rude to him because he was trying to not Ugh. fawn all over him. Gross. I mean, probably. I don't remember that story, but <laughs> it makes sense. Also, I just want to say, and I'm not like the biggest um, James Corden fan. It's not like I, I'm not TiVoing it or anything, but Carpool Karaoke is delightful, and Andrew needs to get off of it. My kids and I watched it yeah. together, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's not doing anything bad. It's and the good, Paul McCartney was fun. sweet. Yeah. I watched the Adele one the other day by myself, and I was like, God so, damn, she's so, so good. good, and she's so yeah. charming, and she has such a wonderful voice. I've obviously watched the Hamilton one a lot, and <laughs> um, I I don't know why Andrew has like, something about it, but I don't know. I think it's nice. It's not for everybody, I guess. I don't, He's such a grump. He's such a grumpy old man. He is. Yeah. I'm not going to take his opinions into too much consideration. Um, they... We don't usually mention the donors, but they did mention donor Elizabeth in Houston. And I just, that's Eddie in Houston. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to Eddie. I'm surprised Luke didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Um, they go off on this other tangent about a writer. I only caught, I was listening at one and a half speed because I was pretty much done. So I caught that her first name was Taffy. <laughs> it's Taffy Brodus. Taffy Brodesser Ackner, I think is her name. She is a good writer. She's a really good writer. So she writes um, interesting biopics, it sounds like. And Luke brings up the one about Gwyneth Paul, or no, Andrew brings up, because he can't remember goop. He's like, what, what does goop stand for? Um, so he talks about the Gwyneth Paltrow one. And Luke, I just couldn't, this was maybe the most incredulous I was the whole week. He thinks that people don't like her because she's perfect and she's not mad at her ex husband. That was not because why she tells like her. ladies to put jade eggs on their vagina. Then. <laughs> It's because she's selling a lifestyle that nobody can afford but her, and she peddles stuff as scientific that's absolute garbage. That's why I don't like her. I have complicated feelings about Gwyneth. I've addressed them, but this article is really good, and they clearly didn't really read it because... Well, it's not mean. It's not like a hit job or anything, but it definitely presents this person who does, you know, she was going to um, have a magazine or something with um, Condé Nast and they were like, yeah, but we have mm-hmm. to fact check everything. And she was like, oh, I'm not interested then. So I mean, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I'll self-publish. So that's the thing about her. Like, she's not a bad person and she's interesting and lives this very luxe lifestyle that, you know, people are aspiring to, but she's kind of an asshole also. And it's... Mm-hmm. You know, she. I'm sure she is fun on Howard Stern because she's lived an interesting life, and I'm, you know, and she's pretty open about stuff. But it's more complicated than that, Luke. Yep, she's using super privilege, yeah, yeah. to sell snake oil. Yeah, yeah. She's getting extremely rich off uh, ignorance, basically, is how I kind of see it, and it's really irritating and reinforcing that ignorance yeah. for her purposes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of a predator. The best part of the end of the the uh, Taffy article was that 
you know, Gwyneth always says she smokes like, I don't know, like one cigarette a year or a month or something like that. She allows herself <laughs> that. And so they're like smoking in her root in her like den, which I think is I'm like, why don't you just go outside anyway? Gross. But, uh, by the, I know I thought it was really gross. But then by the end, uh, she's like, you know, Gwyneth is still just smoking her one cigarette a year. And the author is like chain smoking. <laughs> she's like, I'm not a good enough person. Somehow I got addicted. And Gwyneth is like rising above it all, like by having her one cigarette. Well, I mean, she just needs to buy a jade egg and shove it up there. She'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. God. Oh, Luke. Uh, Andrew made a Photoshop of <laughs> Stew in the River that goes at the top of the, the, the newsletter. That was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. With a long explanation of the various types of river shows that exist and that don't exist. Um, they did get an email about AirPods in lifts kind of setting them straight that it's it's best to take the passenger's cue not the driver's cue uh i'm really done talking about this stupid topic (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we get an email from listener rachel who has kind of a m who's being rude in this situation because her coworker's being annoying she's got her earbuds in um and her office mate can't talk to her even though he's talking on speakerphone and irritating her um sounds like he was being rude in this situation People who use speakerphones in their cubicles can die, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. A lot of guys in my office will do this thing that I don't understand. I don't know how this is faster, but they'll do speaker and they'll dial and until it like yes. it rings and then they'll pick it up if the person picks up. But I'm like, just pick up the phone. We're in an open office space. Like you don't have an office. I think uh, I think cubicle speakerphone people and then cubicle nail trimmers. Uh, I have both of those same, in my office. Yeah, they, they go to the same place in hell. And you know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to make you guess what the gender of both of those people are in my office. Hmm. Men? Hmm. <laughs> ding, ding. No woman will cut her nails, clip her nails in the fucking office. It's disgusting. No. Ugh. No, I have I have an office with a door now. I'm I'm extremely blessed for this, and I, I recognize my my office Your privilege. privilege. <laughs> um, I still would never do either of those things. <laughs> so gross. Ugh. Just on the off chance that somebody could hear me, our, our, the walls are pretty thin. Like I can hear the I can hear my neighbor sneeze, and and if she's talking loudly, I can hear that. But like I would never in a million years do this, even with my like music on and my door shut tightly. Never. Wait until you get home. We have an engineer who, um, we built a new steam plant recently, and so this one engineer was kind of spending all of his time down there for probably a year doing stuff, and when the project was over and he was going to come back to the office full-time, he complained about it because he's like, it's just so disruptive there, and nobody ever uh, can get anything done. I just can't get any work done because people are talking all the time, and I'm like, Dude, you are the worst offender. You have two-hour-long conference calls Ugh. on speakerphone. Uh, oh my god! He's absolutely the worst person in the entire office. <laughs> I sure hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> you know <laughs> who see you how are. He would, but he's terrible. And there's that tone of voice that people use when they're talking on speaker, yeah. which yep. is like, "Yes, I did get the numbers from the <laughs> quarterly report." That's like super extra annoying. Uh. God. Or they identify themselves each time before the, this is Meredith. Um, yes, I definitely <laughs> oh, no. will take care of that. Have it by the next meeting. Yeah. Ugh. Speaker. I mean, okay. Conference calls are the worst. Speakerphone is the worst. Cubicles are the worst. It's just yep. a deadly combination. I'm not yep. sure what you can do about that, except put in your AirPods and tune it out. Yep. <laughs> and say, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. When people want to talk to you. 
All right, let's move on to Music Free Weekend. Andrew gives us a, a hot track from 1979 <laughs> uh, from The Undertones <laughs> called Teenage Kicks. And Luke brings all my friends from West Indian Girl. And there was no listener suggestion this week. Well, I think that Luke got caught unawares because he was like, oh, I forgot. Right. We, that, of we course he did. This. They've only been doing this every Friday for like five years. <laughs> Uh, Let's do a little bit of housekeeping. If you like to buy things on the internet, and I know you do, uh, it would be great if you would use our Amazon affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, and kick us a few pennies for your purchases. That's very helpful in hosting costs, and I mean, we really don't have much equipment that we have to buy, but actually, like the website and the Libsyn membership, that stuff is kind of expensive. So those pennies really help us. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, If you would like LRB-related merchandise, check out our online shop, 10710.com slash shop. And uh, we still have those middle-aged Wamish-type mugs (laughs) ready to go. I use mine at my office every day for tea. (laughs) Everybody's like, wait, she's not a mom. She's not a mom. Uh, that's not true. I have a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old. They just have to be cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the Archive Project continues. You know, we mentioned the Archive Project, but we haven't talked about what it is for a long time. For anybody who may have started listening to the show more recently, this was a Christy Wise idea to have people go through and listen to all the old episodes of TBTL and take some notes and put it all in a database so that when you are looking for something specific or you want to find out how many times Luke and Andrew have talked about the Noid, there will be a resource there for us to look at. And God knows that Luke and Andrew don't remember when they've talked about anything. So they have, in fact, asked Christy for help and that she has used the archive to find things for them before. So it's actually a pretty important thing. Uh, I'd like to say that I finished my 39th week. Uh, One of the episodes involved Luke and Andrew trying and failing to say the word apothecary (laughs) a number of times. (laughs) So it's pretty entertaining. You can just email our uh, email, our Gmail account, and Christy will see those. And you can say, hey, set me up with a week, and she'll send you the links and all the instructions. And it's pretty fun to go back and listen to some old episodes. And on our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms, um, we don't know (laughs) what's coming out anytime now. (laughs) They did just have that centennial episode uh, where Mike Frizzell guested and professed his undying love for Mitchell and uh, told some stories. As I mentioned on last week's recap, no sleeping bag stories. So uh, you're safe to listen, I think. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, guys, get involved. LittleRedBandwagon.com is our website. ThrowYourPhone.com. Um, email us because the guys aren't on Facebook and they don't respond to emails. Um, and y'all <laughs> been sending in some really good Throw Your Phone. Yep. Um, our Facebook page uh, is great. But, yeah, we need to get a little bit more involvement in there. So come join us. Um, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Keep on faxing us. Uh, Bobby receives it pretty quickly. 
3548513. I think I'm going to have to do it again this week. I'll be more creative. Um, and with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And Jen, this coven loves you. We really, really do. Yeah, we, we miss do. you. Come back. Please. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Solid. Yes. <laughs> All right.